Hello, I'm Ramey. And I'm Beth. This is Brother's Quest, the podcast where I, your host, introduce my sister to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. I've been gone a while. Apologies. I was sick. So if there's some discrepancies in episodes, and we're switching to a release on Wednesday model, uh, in case you didn't hear that and you do see this, and I wonder why it's coming out on a Wednesday. Beth, do you know what we're talking about today? I never do. Oh, I thought, well, we talked about it two weeks ago before I got sick, and I'm sure you Yeah, and I have my own podcast I have to get notes for, so I don't remember. Okay, we'll start with um, this. So there's actually two books, but it's all part of one. Didn't we already do this? We've done Fate Condensed and Fate Core. Oh, okay. This one's a little bit more approachable than even the Fate Condensed. Pirates. Um, Some of them. It's a really open, it's a universal. You can and a go, genie. Yeah, you can do anything you want with this system. And a gingerbread man. It also uses Fate Dice, the ones with the pluses and minuses and negative and zeros on them and all that. Or zero, it's a blank, plus, and then a minus. Okay, I'm pretty sure this character right here was in... Treasure Planet. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I don't remember their name. I don't remember the name. Fate Accelerated by itself uses approaches instead of um, the skill based that you get in normal in the Fate Core and the Fate Condensed books. Uh, it's also a $5 book and a free PDF like the rest of the Fate books. If you want the PDFs or if you want any of the Accelerated or Condensed books, they're like 5 to $8. Real cheap. You can get them for the whole group or they're free if you get the PDF. But it does ask if you want to make a donation. I would. Um, they worked hard on this. But it uses approaches, so you have flashy, clever, forceful. How do you want to approach this in, your, in the numbers you have uh, in those categories? I want to do this in a clever way or a forceful way. As a DM in this, you kind of need to make sure you don't let the characters just choose their best stat for everything they want to do. I want to flashily berate this person in the streets or something to scare them off. That'd be more of a forceful thing, you'd think, you know? Or maybe clever. But flashy, what are you going to do? Dance them into submission? So don't let them just run over you. It is designed for shorter sessions, like one-shots, fewer rules and mechanics. How big is the book, do you think? It's shorter than oh, even Fate. Yeah, or it's condensed. really short. It's like 45. But it's a whole like universal that. RPG for $5 if you want the print version. So that's good, in my opinion. I got these for people for Christmas and birthdays. And if I'm going to someone's house to run a game, just a random, not even this game system, but just a game, I'll usually grab a bunch of these as something to hand out. Like, hey. Look this over. It's child-friendly. It's easy to do, and you can do it any world you want to build. Uh, can you make it not child-friendly? Uh, yeah. I got a book here kind of does that. <laughs> its emphasis is on narrative gameplay, which most fake games are. Uh, you give something a aspect is what they call it. Like I said earlier, the room is on fire. I want to evoke that aspect against someone. The enemy is also having a problem because the room is on fire, not just me. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody involved is going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you're fire resistant or something. That's very possible in this game. But here's the main game I want to talk about that is connected to that one. Dresden Files. I've heard you say that a lot. I love the Accelerated. Files. Yeah, it's Fate. Uh, they have a regular core Is edition. that David Tennant? No, that's Harry Dresden. That's what our cat um, Harry has its name after. It looks like uh, David Tennant in Harry Potter. Well, yeah. With the doctor coat. He likes his big trench coat style outfit he always wears it at this point in the books he's got it like awarded so it takes bullets and magical damage for him and everything else um oh, okay the back picture of him doesn't look so much like david Tennant. Mm -mm. it has a whole lot to do obviously it's based on the dresden filed novels or the tv show kind of if you like the show it only lasted one season as i say all the time because it didn't really stick to the books well enough i'm guessing that's what caused the problem uh, it went above and beyond going around the books <laughs> more so than most things 
uh, that have been adapted for television in the Dresden Files world. Uh, since I covered Fate, kind of, I'm not I'm going to I'm not going to go too much into the mechanics of it. This is another one I'm finally able to talk about a setting, and this is a setting I love. Dresden is a wizard in Chicago. He is a wizard in the Yellow Pages. He will help you find lost people, things. Uh, he also has in that section no love potions and stuff like that. He don't want to get messed in that. And people think he's a scam, yeah. you know, of course. But he is a real wizard. He goes on to say that most people don't want to see the supernatural in their life. If they do, they just their minds automatically adjust it to be something uh, rational. Um, is this where your other cat is named from? What is it? What do you see? Mab. Yes, that's where Lady Mab is coming from. Well, not Lady, but Mab. And then I call her Lady Cat all the time. The Winter Queen of the Fairies. Your cat looks nothing like this. Oh, no, 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 no. Nothing at all. But she does run, run the show. Complete opposite, actually. Yeah. That woman's very pale, long white hair. And Mab, the cat, has uh, black fur that is also kind of long and shaggy. And she's chunky. Quite a bit. And Mab in the book is not. But yeah, he works as a wizard for hire. And he works for the Chicago Police Department occasionally on things they can't understand. Half of the people on the force don't believe what he's doing is right, but they do know he gets results. And that's what they just go with that. I can't remember how many books there are. They've also been adapted into uh, graphic novels. I got a signed copy of a couple of the graphic novels because I like his work so much. It's um, Jim Butcher. He wrote the books. He built a whole world around it. Is this where the name Harry came from too? Yeah, not Harry Potter. <laughs> we got a cat named Harry and a cat named Mab. Now, I'm going to try not to go into too many spoilers, but if you want to read the books, I recommend you get them. They're on Audible too if you want to listen to them. I go through the series about once a year. There's like 16 or 17 books. Jim Butcher has done a wonderful job of putting all the mythological creatures and supernatural stuff into one mythos. So you got the summer and winter courts of the fairy, and you have the red caps. A lot of stuff comes from D&D, too. Well, I guess D&D gets their stuff from a lot of mythical lore and stuff. Mm -hmm. So every book is kind of like a, he's a detective, pretty much. A wizardly detective. He works for what is called the White Council. He's a member of that. It's the, the wizards and witches, pretty much, of the world. They do their job to try to protect humanity from supernatural forces. There's different courts of vampire. There's the black. They're kind of in decline because Bram Stoker's book has told everybody their weaknesses. But they're also the most powerful court of vampires. But they have the worst weaknesses. There's the red court, which come from South America. And they are like monsters under the skin. I think he got that from the... Uh, that movie, you know, remember how the vampires turned wacky down in South America in that movie? Are you talking about Dusk Till Dusk Til Dawn? Dusk Till Dawn. I was thinking of another movie, Vampires. Yeah. Well, that's how the South American Red Court vampires are. They they change shape and look monstrous once they turn into their true selves. And their spit is like a, a drug. It sedates people and they want more. And Well, most of the ones he come across are female. Hmm. He goes up against those. Um, there's the White Court of Vampires, which are basically succubus and incubus type people. They suck on emotions. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And there's different family trees inside of each of these, but the, the white court have the most variation. So the succubi and incubi, uh, one fr family branch in that court will, they feed off pain, so they'll torture people. One feeds off lust, one feeds off uh, fear. There's just so many different family branches in the white court. Now, they are physically the weakest, but they're also not affected by sunlight or anything. And they have the most control over your emotion. All, all sorts of fae show up. You have deities showing up, like Odin and the Fates from Greece. You have Hades in a few of them. There's just so many things. There's a creature, a, a friend of Harry's that he works for occasionally to take care of his son. Not Harry's son, the creature. He work, he's he got a half-human son that he looks after for this guy. And his name is River Shoulders. 
uh, he calls him River Shoulders. It's a shoulders like a river. And that's because he has wide shoulders like a river. And he has a Sasquatch. He's got a half-human son that's going to college. It's all real interesting the way he connects it all. Half the time the Fae courts are on his side, half the time they're not. He's got a godmother called Dalia Nanshi. I made a D&D character like her. She likes to use green lightning in the books. And uh, she's part of the Winter Court. In the book, there's... Uh, unlike most fate systems, uh, there's kind of like classes, an archetype you can go by. You could be a part fae, you could be a fae in general. You also get the weaknesses of fae, like iron, stuff like that. You could be one of the vampire court people. You can be a, a representative Kringle, I think is what it's called, or something like that. You, it's one of, uh, see, St. Nicholas shows up as one of the people he meets. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Odin and St. Nicholas, because my episode today for horrific history and hauntings has Obviously, both of those because it's the origins of Christmas. Oh, yeah. But it's also got Odin in it. Well, St. Nicholas it works for the winter court, of course. <laughs> um, but he has a lot of the strongest creatures in this, the, the monarchs of the different supernatural worlds. Mm-hmm. They have multiple personalities for different cultures they influence. So St. Nicholas, when he's working with winter, is St. Nicholas. When he's working on his own, he has his own organization he leads. He is called Odin for Monarch Securities, a private security group. So he is Odin and St. Nicholas. Depends on what person you need to talk to, it would be who shows up. When he's going to a big party in winter, he'll show up as St. Nicholas. They have the Earl King, which leads the wild hunt of the fairy, uh, if you know anything about that. It's basically a, a hunt that falls from the sky. Hounds and things chase you down, fae creatures. He also is the Goblin King, the Earl King is. David Bowie? <laughs> I suppose. His face features where he's kind of wild and not aligned to any of the two fae courts. His facial features aren't perfect like the rest of them. They're kind of off just a bit, but he's still extremely handsome and tall in his own way. Uh, Harry said that. I didn't. I haven't <laughs> seen him. There's ghouls. Uh, there's a module out for this game. I think it's like the starter set almost. Uh, you're in New Orleans and you're trying to take on a, the, that's like the part of America that's run by ghouls, the flesh-eating undead kind of creatures. I, I haven't played the module, but I bought it because I want to. I don't know. Let me see the book real quick because I want to go through the, the different things you can play as. I know you could be a wizard. And the book is also done in a way, there's a baron of Chicago uh, Queen Mab of the Fae has created what they call the Ancilia Accords in the series. And it's all the supernatural big heavies factions have signed these accords. And um, it's to keep them from going out of bounds and starting giant wars that would drag humans into it. And nobody wants to rile up the humans because there's so many of them. They also don't want to be completely uh, ignored by the humans in case that how would they make these deals of humans. The Fae love to do that. So she left a, a, a bit open in that part of the accords that they can still make deals of humans that know how to. And in order to do that, Mab and her influences, she uh, has worked with a couple of people to make sure her name and her influence is still known to humanity. And the people she worked with was the Brothers Grimm. Of course. Yes. So people still certainly remember that. (laughs) Um, Any Disney movie pretty much has something to do with that. Mm -hmm. It's a mini module in the back of this book, by the way, that I was talking about, the New Orleans one. Now, I was talking about the accords. Before I talk about this, the accords are useful in a way that keeps you know humanity out of their affairs and keeps them from starting bigger wars with each other. And if you go against those accords and you're a member, Mab and her winter court will come down on you. And she is feared by almost every other, her and her sister Titania, but they're separate courts. But Titania kind of don't want to influence it. She is there as a part of nature to just make sure Mab don't get too strong. So even a Titania as a member of the accords. As a member of the accords, you get a lot of protections from Mab of, from other supernatural creatures. Uh, factions. And there's this crime lord that kept having dealings with Harry in the books. And he didn't get too flustered when he found out that Harry was a real wizard. So he hired somebody who knew how to take care of it. 
and make sure Harry didn't get in his business too much. And he hired a woman named Guard from Monarch Securities, Odin's group, and kind of find out she is a Valkyrie that is sworn to protect him as long as she's working for Monarch and he's paying Monarch. And he wanted to become a member of the Accords. Harry needed his help one day to do something. Said, I'll help sign on you as a member of the White Council into the Accords. You just need a couple other people to do it. You can become a member of the Accords. You'll be the only human as a free-holding lord and as a member of the Accords in the world. He's like the only human who's a member of the Accords. But he wanted some more information about the uh, other members and the supernatural world in general. And he couldn't, a lot of people, you know, the phase want to trade for it. He didn't want that. So he went to what is called the, the archives, which is a human girl. And it's always a girl that has the memory of everything ever written down in human history. And she, as a member of the Accords on her own, not technically a full human. That's why it's so weird that she's a member. And she has restraints. She can't just give out information left or right because she has to follow the Accords. So she wrote it down in the form of a tabletop game. And that's what this big book is written like. That's why you get so much information. She's made a game about all the information Marcon wanted. And it is not technically a guidebook because that would be against the rules. Um, the Fae like their loopholes. And she's not a Fae, but she knows how to get around the loopholes seeing as she has all the human history at her back. She's also so powerful. She could like hold off multiple demons with her magic because she has all the human history in her mind. She knows all the magics. But this book, you'll see, Ivy, or they call her Ivy. Harry gave her a name. Um, her and her bodyguard are leaving little sticky notes on certain pages, uh, making jokes and talking about things. If you see that in the book, if you get it, that's what that's about. Player options. Okay, here's the, uh, you could be a pure mortal, a clued-in mortal, a mortal who knows monsters altogether. The, a human that knows about the supernatural. That's what a clued-in human is. And there's like two or three pages for each mantle, is what they call it. You have a mantle of something. Um, you could be a criminal like Marcone, who, that crime lord that become a, a, a signatory of the Accords. You could be a law enforcement officer, which Harry's best friend is a law enforcement officer. Karen Murphy. You could lead a leader of the people. You are a representative of a community of people. You could be a monster hunter, which is the thing. There's regular humans that hunt monsters. You could be a one percenter. You're just a member of the wealthiest people in the world. And it might make sense for you to help run a group of monster people. Um, you could be a reporter. Harry has a few of those friends. You could be a focused practitioner, which is what I say, and someone who knows a bit of magic, but not enough to get them into the accords. Your focus is on one real cool thing. You could be a full magic practitioner. You could be like a member of the White Council. Here's Scion and Emissaries. You could be a changeling, a half-human, half-fae. Um, you could be an Earl King's hunter, working for the Earl King. You could be a knight of the fairy court. There's only one knight for each court, and they have immense power. Also, that's the only figure in the fae courts who can hurt humans. The rest can't hurt anything outside of uh, the supernatural world as part of their just physical makeup. They also can't lie, but they can mislead. Fairies are known for that. You could be a knight of the cross. There's three knights of the cross at any given time, or at, le- at most three. Uh, and they are possessors of swords from legend, three swords. And each of them have a uh, nail from the cross into their blade. And it lets them take on mainly demons, but uh, they can also take almost anything else. Um, you could be a Kringle Sentinel, which you work for Santa. And you could be a Valkyrie, like Guard. You could be a, a wear creature, somebody who turns into something else. You could be a White Court Virgin, because once you take someone's life, which is the first time you lose your virginity in the white court, you do kill them instantly, and you become a full-on white court vampire. But if you're a white court virgin, that's not true. You could be a true fae. You could be part of the summer court, part of the winter court. Um, you could be one of the many vampires, not just a like a red court vampire, a white court vampire, if you want to be full-on one of those, and so on, stuff like that. 
it gives you areas that you can make your base because there's important like uh, ley lines are important in the series so if you want to uh, uh, make a base it's nice to have a place where ley lines is so you can draw on the power from that do your magic because there's ritual magic in this as well as well as regular magic you just cast kind of like you would in D&D um, I recommend you listen to the first three books or get the first three books or look up some of the lore on the Dresden Files but this is probably the best um, fate based game I know of right here and if it it's just because of the setting but the fact it went into so much detail in the setting too it isn't all just rules because fate is kind of a lot of rules um, it does have like levels of difficulty from character so if you was to take on Mab as a regular person you would have to roll extremely well because uh, she is like a what a um, otherworldly level is what they call it which means even your best rolls normally wouldn't affect her but if you're just a Dresden Files fan and don't ever plan on playing it, I still recommend this just for the lore. It goes up to the book Changes, and that's when it came out, so it don't go any farther. We've had a few other books since then, but not a ton. Changes was probably my favorite Dresden File book. I won't go into it because it's spoilers. I've spoiled so much here already. Would you be willing to play this game? I mean, you don't have to know anything about Dresden Files. As long as the DM does, you're pretty good. You could be play as a mortal who just found out about this stuff being real, so you're still in the dark about it. That would make sense. Yeah. Or you're a changeling who didn't know you were a changeling until puberty, and then you started half-turning into a fae. Yeah. Um, or you could just pick up some sword. You got a calling, some ur- urge to pick up a sword one day and kind of find out you're now a knight of the cross. Hmm. Yeah, that's how it works sometimes. You don't, they, the sword picks you. Kind of find out, and spoiler later on, you find out that it ain't just a cross from the, or a nail from the cross and the sword. There is an actual angel who's chosen to stay in that sword to help it deal its magical damage against demons. A living sword. Sometimes the wielders will start spouting things that is not in their voice when they meet a bad guy. Um, like when they were in Chetsanitsa fighting the Red Court. Karen Murphy, one of his police officer friends, is carrying a sword and she said, false gods, pretenders. She was just saying all kinds of stuff and she would never, <laughs> you'll pay for your crimes against humanity in this world. Face judgment almighty. It was just wild seeing this little four, like five foot two woman screaming this at the bunch of vampires. <laughs> uh, I copied that quote. I loved it. Yeah, I would play it. I really should. I, I think I would like to listen to the books and not act because it's really hard for me to find time to actually mm-hmm. read a lot myself that doesn't have to do with my own well, the first, research. The first two books are, it's him um, and you find out he's on that probation, what they call it. He's under the Sword of Damocles, which is basically the White Council's version of probation. And uh, they sent a warden which is one of their enforcers to make sure he doesn't break any rules of magic. And the next book is werewolves attacking folk. And in the next book, he gets invited to a red court party, which was designed to kill him. And that's where the red court war breaks out. That lasts for so many books, but each of them aren't all about the red court. They are about other things. And occasionally a red court vampire will show up to try and kill him or something, (laughs) or he'll have flashbacks about some of the time during the war that we haven't seen in the books while he's in the middle of something. Um, It comes up. Um, also, there's greater security in places because of the war going on. He'll mention that. And so it all ain't about Jim's fighting red court vampires. It's about other things. I love the ones that involve the winter court because the fae in this are just amazing. Uh, they're the reason the world works. If there's an imbalance in the courts, one gets too strong or something, it calls the last ice age. That's not good. Yeah, so uh, when there's something like that about to happen, they have to create balance. It's like a natural part of their being. They get called in to a battlefield to kill each other off until the numbers are even again. Hmm. 
Yes, but it, but when that happens, it also destroys the region the battle takes place in. So he he can make sure that doesn't get to that point if he can. Uh, and the queens don't want it to happen either, but they have to do it. Otherwise, things get out of balance. So uh, he gets hired occasionally to where he owes the face some favors. He gets hired occasionally as an investigator to go solve these issues. It's a real good series of books. You come across a lot of Native American lore later on. Oh, uh, that's cool. He was surprised. It was like four or five books ago, he realized he hadn't added a single Bigfoot. And he's like, I need to add that. And that's when river shoulders become a thing. He didn't add Bigfoot. He did, that's why he was surprised when I just, he said, I just realized one day, I haven't added Bigfoot to my North American Supernatural series. What have I done? And then he added. I would probably forget that one too, but simply because it's the most mm-hmm. talked about. It's the most known. Um, the, queen, the Queens of Fairy, I don't know if I'll leave this part in because it's such a sport. The Queens of Fairy aren't the strongest things in the fairy courts. There is the mothers. And the mothers are gods, pretty much. They are the fates in Greek mythology. They control life and death. They are. Uh, they live with each other, so they're not like opposed to each other as much as the queens are by nature. He, he had to go talk to them one time through a job. He got hired by Mab to do something, and he had to go talk to them. And when he was got there, he seen some stuff on the shelves uh, on winter side of the cabin that they live in, and it was vials of things that said uh, it was like polio and influenza. Uh, whatever the name was for the plague, in another jar, he couldn't Bubonic? read the name. Yeah, stuff like that. No, but there was another jar on the shelf that he bumped into. It almost fell off. <laughs> and the name was kind of blurry on it. He couldn't read it. And Mother Winter grabbed it before it fell. And she said, oh, nope, that one's not ready yet. So it was saying there's another plague in the works that was going to fall. And look what happened. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> COVID was the word. Um, so yeah, the mothers are the strongest, but they are part of Fae. And uh, they are restricted from involving themselves in humanity even more than the queens are because they're just so powerful uh they have to follow their rules and regulations uh it doesn't say if they they might be exempt from the lying rule but i don't think they are i think they have to be able to tell the truth no matter what mother winter also goes by the name atropos and she has metal teeth made of iron and a cleaver she likes to eat people uh, if they sneak into her cabin by some wild magic that just get a magnet (laughs) yeah well she (laughs) Uh, she has Baba Yaga also in certain cultures. The great witch. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's all I got to say about this. I'm, I could go on about this for hours and hours, and I don't want to do that. I recommend you get it. I'll leave a link in the description from DriveThruRPG. Um, unlike Fate Accelerated, Dresden Accelerated, Dresden Files Accelerated will cost money. If you, But I recommend you pay for both of them just to be nice. You know. Yeah. Um, People put the work need, in. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Throw them a dollar or two. I, yeah, I don't think you need Dresden. I'm pretty sure, I know you don't need Fate Accelerated book, even though it's so cheap, to play Dresden Files Accelerated. It has all the rules in the book. And it, they will be affiliate links. So if you buy anything, they'll give us a little bit of store credit to buy something else to cover. You don't, um, it won't charge you any more for it or anything. If you like what you heard here, the Gruesome Gaming Group, our podcast network, has many other podcasts. And by many, I mean two other podcasts. Um, one is called uh, Leveling Duo. It's a podcast I do with my friend Dakota about video games that we really enjoyed or is coming out we're looking forward to or we just recently played. Most of it's stuff we played way back when, older games. If you um, like history or spooky stuff or bad, scary history stuff and hauntings sometimes, you should listen to mine and my sister's podcast, Horrific History and Hauntings. It's a, I mean, everything is in the name. There's a link in the description. It will lead you straight to our link tree, which will have all of our social links. You can contact us there. It'll have The first link you see will be our website. 
We will have all of our podcasts on it. You could subscribe to them, or you could go to YouTube and find us on there. We have a link for that as well. If you want to make a donation, there's an option for each of the podcasts there and the homepage if you want to do that. We really would appreciate it. We're starting to stream more things on YouTube. I'm running a D&D game later today, so you can look in on that if you want to watch us play some of these games. Thank you for listening. I've been Remy. And I'm Beth. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.